Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops, a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso Beacons basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference. I am your host, Paul Oren. You can find me on Twitter at NWI Oren, and you can find Union Street Hoops on NWI.com, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Pods, Google Pods, all over the place. Uh, big episode today, talking about the Beacons. It's been uh, it's been a couple weeks, maybe it's been a week and a half or so since this name was announced. I have uh, been on a, a couple of vacations as of late, but I'm back in Northwest Indiana. We got high school football kicking off a little bit later on tonight. Valpo Athletics is in full swing. The women's soccer team played their first regular season match of the year on Thursday, falling to Indiana University. And uh, some of the other teams will get started here momentarily. I believe all of the athletes, uh, at least the fall athletes, are all back on campus. And uh, the basketball teams will be here momentarily after spending most of their summer in Valpo. And everything is progressing back to normal, so to speak. Uh, I On the AD's Insight on ValpoAthletics.com earlier this week, earlier today, I believe Athletic Director Mark LaBarbera said right now the university is on pace to have full capacity for all their athletic events. I don't know if they've released any kind of guidelines right now about whether or not you need to be vaccinated to go to the games. I do know that that masks are required at least until September 6th on all indoor activities at the university. And and uh, the Missouri Valley Confer- Conference announced earlier today that if a team cannot compete in an event due to COVID, that would result in a forfeiture. That would count as a loss in the standings for them. Good Lord, I hope we never have to come to that situation where... Uh, where teams are forfeiting games because of COVID. Hopefully, uh, with with a bulk of people being vaccinated, uh, we can move forward from this. Um, and maybe I just lost half the audience right there because I told you to get vaccinated. But that's uh, that's not the purpose of this episode today. The purpose is to talk about the Beacons, and I guarantee you once I tell you that I support the Beacons name, I'll lose 50% of you. Maybe it's the 50% I've already lost. Maybe it's a different 50%. Here's the thing, and, and I'm kind of going off off script here, not off of a script, off script. I, I, I just, when I map out the episodes, I generally have some things that I want to talk about. This is really the only thing that I'm going to be talking about today. Brian Flynn is going to join me later on, and if that name doesn't mean anything to you, it's because it didn't mean anything to any of us until a week ago when, on August 13th, he, and he put a logo up online in response to Valpo's logo, the Lighthouse logo, as I will refer to it as. Uh, there's also the Lantern logo and uh, and some other things. So, um, all right, there's a couple different things to talk about here. Brian Flynn's going to join us a little bit later on to talk about his logo that he put together, and I think you'll enjoy that conversation. First of all, I'm not here to litigate whether or not Valpo should move on from the Crusaders. That dance has been danced already. We've talked about it. It happened. No hand wringing or yelling or screaming or anything is going to get that to change. It's just not going to happen, right? The name has been changed and we can stamp our feet about it, whether or not you agree with it. And I told you at one point in my life, I was vehemently opposed to changing it. And then I came around to it. I never got to the point where I was leading the charge to change the name. I just got to the point where it didn't bother me if they changed the name, if that makes sense, right? So so let's not think that I'm out here, you know, saying absolutely uh, you have to do this. I just, I listened to people who told me why it bothered them. And I said, okay, as much as I've always enjoyed that name, 
it it was never it was never the deal breaker for me. And as I have said routinely, the brand is Valpo. That's the brand. That's to me. I would have had a lot more issue, a lot more issue, if somebody would have come forward and said uh, the school is going to change its name from Valparaiso University to Northwest Indiana University. We want to encompass the region more. We're going to call ourselves Northwest Indiana University. The brand is Valpo. You're, when, 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 when you change that name, you're throwing away that brand. I never thought that the brand was Crusaders. Now, athletes that played under that moniker feel differently about it, and I'm not here to tell them that they're wrong. Uh, and I saw this in a column that I just wrote, which we'll reference a little bit. And I saw this in the fallout of, of the name change, as a lot of athletes got very attached to that name. And fans, too. Let's not forget that there are fans out there who were very, very attached to that name. And maybe Crusaders became the brand that they associated with. Or maybe the fact that Valpo moved on from it represented a bigger a bigger conversation, right? I see a lot of people out there who are, are, are saying that, well, when you go woke, you go broke and things like that. All of that being said, I'm not here to litigate that anymore. I'm done with it. I'm sick of it. It's over. The change happened. Just like, just like complaining about whether or not uh, the Bucks got screwed over by the officials in the 2001 Eastern Conference Finals, which they did. Um, just like complaining about whether Keith Carter got fouled at the end of the Maryland Valpo game, he did. You can't change it. It's done. It happened. So. I'm talking about the Beacons, irrespective, independent from any thoughts, emotions, anything tied to the Crusaders, which I think is hilarious when Valpo then said, we want a new nickname, uh, submit your your choices, and everyone said they wanted the Crusaders again. Again, not going to happen, can't do anything about it, fine. So they were down to eight, from what I understand. They sent a survey out where they had eight different choices. And what I had heard, and I don't think they ever really went public with this, but this is what I'd heard uh, through the grapevine from a couple different people, although never it was never anything that we really ran with because it was not seemingly a story. But I think that they got down to four, which was Lightning, Gold, Beacons, and Dunehawks. And I think those four were brought to the new president of the university, Jose Padilla. I don't know that for certain, I mean, obviously, it, it seems plausible because I heard it from a number of people, and Beacons is ultimately one that got chosen, and that was one of the four. So if we're operating under the fact that that's what happened, then Valpo was down to four choices. So uh, sorry, Chris Artist, Tempest was never going to happen. I don't even know how Tempest made it to the list. I still, to this day, wonder, sitting around the table, those 10 individuals, um, how they looked at each other and said, Tempest is what we want to roll with. And, uh, but, but okay, so we got down to the four and Beacons was one of them. Um, I had heard rumblings once it was down to those four, uh, any day that I talked to people, it sounded like there was a different leader in the clubhouse. Dunehawks was going to be the, the name for a while. People were convinced it was going to be Dunehawks. And then, uh, Lightning never really got any traction, by the way. No, that, that one never, I never heard that, but for a while, it seemed like Dunehawks was going to be the choice. And it seemed like, okay, I could get myself around Dunehawks a little bit. Um, 
I don't know what it is. I loved Chris Artis who once said to me, you can market it once you figure out what it is. Um, but it also to me felt the more I thought about it, the more I was watching the NFL training camp stuff and watching the Eagles and the Seahawks and the Ravens. And I'm like, is, do we need another bird? Is that really what it is? I, I just, to me, it, I just wasn't there for it. The Phoenix, uh, you know, talking about Green Bay or whatever, I just, just wasn't for me. And then I was really nervous that they were going to pick gold and that I was going to, because I don't want to write the gold in a story, I just felt like that was, I, I wanted a plural name. I wanted something that ended with an S. I didn't want the gold. Um, I just, I, I just don't like it. I don't like, and obviously then if you have a great mascot, sure. Um, and this is not to knock the, the, the Syracuse's of, or the Cornell's of the world. It just, I, as a writer, I didn't want to deal with the gold. I just didn't want it. Um, so then, I, you know, then what was remaining was beacons. And at first, I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. I just didn't, it, it just to me was like, what, it, what is this? And then I saw the video that the university put out when they released it. So my initial thought was when they released the name, I was like, really? Is, is this what, and, and, and then this like, we are beacons yelling it and almost kind of felt forced a little bit watching the president and a couple of these people uh, uh, do this. What I've heard is that the, uh, in the production of this video is that they had these uh, students and the president, I don't know about the president, but a lot of the students that you see yelling, we are beacons, I think they had them record all eight choices. Uh, I, I would love to see the cutting room floor footage of athletes and students yelling, we are Tempest, and see just kind of like the look on their face. Um, I would love to see that footage, uh, please. Uh, Brandon Vickery, Aaron Levitt, John Hendricks, any of you guys, if you're out there, can we get a mashup of the We Are Tempest just just for fun? Uh, anyway, so I heard that's what happened. They recorded that. They wanted kind of, you know, kind of like a Game of Thrones. Um, you know, we're going to we're not going to tell anyone who is uh, going to be the big hero. Maybe maybe we're going to make five or six different people think that they are. I don't know. Um, so. I watched that video that the university put out and I thought this is a great imagery for the university. And this becomes the first big question about beacons. I think that that video and the message is perfect for Valparaiso University, who falls back on the, on the phrase, in thy light, uh, we see thy light, I, I believe is, is the, the, the wordage, the, the verbiage, um, feels like a great ideology for the school. Being the light, being the beacon, the beacon of hope, the beacon of change, the beacon of, of all these different things, I'm, I'm here for it. What does that mean for athletics, I think, is a good question. And in the day that it was released, that was the question that I heard from a lot of people. Um, some prominent people that I talked to um, affiliated with, with athletics and the school and whatnot who'd said, you know, the school got a great nickname. I don't know that the athletic teams did. So I think that's a fair, fair criticism. And you're going to hear me when I talk to Brian Flynn later on today, you're going to hear that pose and that question, and we'll discuss that a bit more. So I'm, I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. Um, and then, the, uh, and then the, the, the logo was released. And at first glance in that video, I thought the logo looked really sharp. There's, there's like they do a, a fade over it or like a, like a flyby of the logo and I thought, oh, this looks really, really sharp. And then they kind of zoom in on it. 
And then you start kind of questioning some things about why are there two different fonts between Valpo and Beacons? Um, you know, why, you know, then the lighthouse, the closest lighthouse to Valpo is on top of Long John Silver's. But then after that, there's one obviously by Lake Michigan. And so there's been some criticism of the lighthouse. I actually, the more I think about it, the more I realize that, of course, Valparaiso University, whether or not you think they've accomplished this, Valparaiso is, has branded itself as the region's Division I team. And while there might not be a lighthouse in Valparaiso proper, there are lighthouses around the region, the region bordering Lake Michigan. So thinking again about this idea of Valpo as the region's Division I basketball team, and they want to stretch out from just being in Valparaiso. And, you know, some of the criticism that I saw from people uh, early on about this was, how come there's nothing to do with the city? How come they're not talking about the city? And this becomes a, a fair question, right, about, you know, Valpo wants to be the region's Division I team. But I guarantee you, and if you've spent any time around Northwest Indiana, and I'm not just talking about going to college at Valpo, because trust me, when I went to college at Valpo, I didn't know any of this whatsoever. But there's a lot of disdain for the city of Valpo around Valpo. And I'm not talking about in the city. I'm talking about you go to Portage, you go to Chesterton, you go to Merrillville, you go to Dyer, you go to Sherrillville, you go wherever. They're rivals with Valpo in all the high school sports. And there's a disdain there, almost a hatred there. Chesterton certainly can't stand Valpo, and Valpo the same to Chesterton. So when you tell people from Chesterton that they need to, they need to embrace the name of their high school rival as their region's Division I team, they might look at you a little sideways. And same thing with Michigan City. Michigan City's in the same high school conference as Valparaiso. So they don't look at Valpo as a place that they're from. They're from Michigan City. And Valpo doesn't look at Michigan City as a place that they're from. They're from Valpo. And and I say this as an outsider. Look, despite the fact I've lived here since 2005, people that are from the region always look at me as an outsider. So I'm going to look at them as, as a little bit different. And so the university faces a really, really tough challenge here of, of, of branding itself as the region's Division I university, embracing where it is in relation to the Lake Michigan, in relation to the rest of the region, while still being named after a city that is the rival of a lot of these other areas that it's trying to embrace. But as I said at the top, the brand is Valpo. If you say Valpo... And like we do with Brian later on in the interview, when you say Valpo, images immediately conjure up a basketball. Granted, for something that happened 23 years ago, but it is still maybe the prevailing thing that you think about, at least to the outside world. Now, I know that I infuriate people who live in Valpo when I tell them that when I think of their town, I think of the college basketball team, and they get mad at me because they're like, well, our high school sports are great and and we're known for this and that or whatever. To the outside world, you're known for the college, not for the high school, at least in my world, not maybe not in other worlds. So anyways, all that aside, I think Valpo wants to embrace the region aspect, and that's where the lighthouse comes in. And as so many people say, there's how many lighthouses are in Valpo? Again, it's on top of a fast food chain. That said, 
you know, again, can Valpo be all things to all people? I think it's difficult to do that. So I think the lighthouse rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. From the design element, the two fonts certainly rubbed me the wrong way. It just didn't, I, you know, now I'll be the first person to tell you that I could not do any better. And I, I was talking to a graphic designer earlier today, not Brian, somebody else, who said that um, there's a lot of people who are being very critical of this who would not know how to design, right? Um, I always find it funny when people are criticizing gymnasts. We'll just use that. You want know, to criticize a gymnast? I, I couldn't do any of the stuff that Simone Biles does or, or um, you know, Ivan Lysacek on figure skating or anything like that. So uh, all that being said, it, it's really difficult for me to sit here and be really critical of that logo I don't think, I don't like the font choice. I don't know why. That feels like a pretty simple fix to me. If you're, if, if Valpo uses that block lettering like they do most of the time they use it, why wasn't Beacons done in the same lettering? Easy fix right there. But again, I'm not a designer, so I just know what looks good and what doesn't look good. This, this brings us to a really interesting question about the logo design itself and how it was come to be designed. And I don't have an answer to this, and maybe I'll get it. I, I've, I've been on vacation, as I said, and uh, I know a lot of people at the school are concentrated on getting the school year started and all of that. So I haven't, I haven't reached out to the IMC staff about this. But there, there, there was a very odd question or, or, or thought process that was out there early on in this, uh, in this whole thing about why is Valpo changing the name right now? Why are they going to spend millions of dollars on a rebrand this was, I mean, I saw this on Twitter all the time. And Twitter doesn't always represent real life. Um, but but this was, in social media and all that, you know, people are saying, why is Valpo spending millions on a rebrand? Uh, to which I, I finally tweeted out a, a couple of weeks ago, show me the money. Show me where this is going to cost millions of dollars. They have to refurbish the floor to put, to, to get the Crusader imagery off of there and the name off of there. Okay, they have to refurbish the floor every couple of years anyway. And maybe it wasn't set to be done this year, or maybe it was. I don't know the, the, the timeline of when you refurbish the floor. So, okay, so you got to spend some money there, but that's money you would have spent already. Okay, what about all the new t-shirts that they have to get with the new logos on it? Okay, well, they order t-shirts every year. The volleyball team has like a different color practice shirt for every single day. And many of the teams do, many of them do, different gear all the time. So you got to get new stuff. You're going to get new stuff anyway. They get new stuff every single year. They're partnered with Nike for a reason. They get new stuff all the time. Whether or not it says Beacons on it, says Crusaders on it, says the Valpo basketball team on it, whatever, they get new stuff all the time. So show me where they're going to spend more money on this than they were before. Then people retorted and came back and said, well, what about all the old Crusader gear that they now had to get rid of that was useless? Well, that's where we haven't been paying attention because they haven't sold Crusader gear in the bookstore for a long time. They haven't sold Crusader gear. They haven't worn Crusader gear a lot. Some of the teams have because they've continued to roll with that. But they again, they, they get new jerseys every year. The basketball teams have said Valpo on it for quite some time. Um, it, it, so to me, to me, it 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 never carried a lot of water. This idea that Valpo is going to spend millions of dollars. And I thought about the one place that it would cost money would be the branding, the logo. And all the people that were out there that were critical of Alpo, you don't have the money to spend on this. Why are you spending the money on this? They didn't. They did it in-house from what I understand. 
And now people are being critical of they don't like the logo. Well, if you don't want them to spend a lot of money, they do it in-house and they don't spend a lot of money. And then this is what they got. Whether or not it's good, bad, or otherwise, this is what they got. And it, it, it goes back to, and I'm not trying to preach here, but people complain about the journalism industry a lot. They complain about uh, mistakes that are in the newspaper or, you know, I like I made a mistake the other day. I spelled a kid's name wrong. It was the, the feature story. I, I got it from another website. I, I, I guess I should have confirmed where, you know, the spelling of it. I mean, I should have confirmed. It was my mistake. I made the mistake. But an editor didn't catch that mistake. One of the reasons why an editor didn't catch that mistake is we don't have as many editors as we used to have. And we don't have as many editors as we used to have because, I mean, you know, this takes a couple steps to get to, but people aren't reading the newspaper as much as they used to. They're not clicking on the stories as much as they used to. They're expecting to read it for free. All of that stuff. So all of these things happen and it goes down the line and you're left you're left with an article that has a mistake in it that I should have not made the mistake. I should have been better at it, right? It's my mistake. I own it. But in the past, maybe there's an editor there who catches that mistake and it just, it didn't get caught. That's my, that's my bad. So, um, but people are going to, you know, if, 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 if people are like, oh, what a terrible product. Well, at some point you paid money for that product and then you decided not to pay money for that product. And when you don't pay money for the product, things aren't as great. And so, yeah, Valpo could have paid the millions that were out there, and maybe they hit a home run on the logo right away. But maybe they have a great logo, and people are just not going to like it anyway, the people who are never going to move on from the Crusaders. And this brings me to a bigger point, one that I wrote a column about, and one that has really been percolating through my mind. Uh, And we'll get to the interview with Brian in a second. But Crusaders is the nickname that a lot of people identify Valpo with right now. But I was there when they announced the name of the Beacons. I, every year, this happened, this started, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. Um, John Maravich, the, the women's soccer coach, asked me to come talk to his team about, about uh, like, media questioning and stuff like that. Like, he, he wanted to just have someone talk to them about how, like, interviews happen and stuff like that. So I did that, and I had lunch with the team, and they went on to have a great season that year. And so the next year, I get a phone call that says, hey – uh, come have lunch with us, we, you know, tradition, superstition, whatever. So every year I, I have a preseason lunch with the with John Maravich and his staff and, and the women's soccer team. And so that just so happened the day that the, this was scheduled this year was the day that the, uh, they, the name got changed to the Beacons. And during that lunch, when John show, he showed up a little bit late, uh, Maravich shows up with T-shirts with a new logo on it. And he announces, hey, we're the Beacons. And then he says, we're going to be the first team to play as the Beacons at our exhibition game on uh, August 14th. And the players jumped up. They grabbed the shirts. They were excited. They threw the shirts on right away. Uh, They're taking pictures. They're putting out social media. Later on that day, they had a practice. They broke down the, uh, the, the, their huddle with one, two, three Beacons. I asked John about that later on. I called him up, said, hey, I'm going to write a column and I'm going to put this in there. And he said, he said, the one, two, three beacons was actually this that's recorded and online is the second time they did it. He was walking through the practice field and uh, and or he was walking in the practice field and saw the team had got together for a huddle and they did that organically on their own. 
And he got excited and he said, hold on, I got to get my camera. We got to film that. It's amazing. So he said that, that it, it happened on their own. The players did this on their own. And in talking to him, he said, look, they're excited. They're really excited for this opportunity to do this. And, you know, I had a chance to talk to uh, Robert Washington and uh, uh, Turner from the football team, uh, Keon, and uh, and they both talked about how exciting it was to be part of this change and to uh, to to be the first team to be the beacons to go out there and do this. And they didn't seem to care, and maybe they're given the canned answer, but they didn't seem to care about Crusaders this or beacons that. They're beacons now, and if they if they go out and play. Beacons will mean to them what Crusaders meant to other people. And I talked to uh, Landon Fox about this, the football coach, who said basically the same thing. He said, look, being a Crusader got a lot of people through a lot of practices, through a lot of hard work. It, it was it was what it was the rallying cry for a lot of people. And he said, now it's Beacons. And he said, two years from now, it's not even going to matter because the recruits that we go after, they're never going to know anything about the Crusaders. They're going to know about the Beacons. And they'll use it, and they'll figure out how to motivate with it and all of that. And it really just it made me think that the name is indicative to people what they want it to be. And this led to, in the column that I wrote, telling a story about something that happened in 2009 when I was in Chicago for a meeting at the Sears Tower and I was sitting there and, uh, and a father was lamenting the fact that they were about to change the name to the Willis Tower. And he was sit- sitting there, probably 50, 50-ish years old, and just complaining about how it would never be the Willis Tower to him. It would always be the Sears Tower. And he had a son with him, probably about 15. And uh, the, the father was wearing a Chicago White Sox polo shirt. And I said to him, hey, where do the Sox play? And he said, Comiskey. And he said it immediately. It just flowed off his tongue right away. And uh, I said, okay. And then I turned to his son. I said, where do the Sox play? This is four years after the uh, the White Sox won the World Series. And uh, just as quickly, he goes, the cell. Well, the White Sox had just won the World Series when they played at U.S. Cellular Arena. U.S. Cell, excuse me, U.S. Cellular Field. So they played at the cell. That's what it was known as. Well, now it's known as Guaranteed Rate Field or G-Rate or, or the GERF, or whatever. I don't even know what the parlance for it is, what the, what the shorthand is for it. I asked a friend of mine the other day, he was a diehard White Sox fan. I said, where do they play now? And, and he said, you know, my heart wants to say Comiskey or The Cell, but they play at G-Rate. I said, okay, you watch the White Sox win the World Series this year. And then you ask a kid, where do the White Sox play? He's not going to say Comiskey. Or he's not going to say the sell. He's going to say G-rate or guaranteed rate or, again, whatever the the term might be. And that just, to me, kind of underscores the whole deal, right? Things are the name that we find them as. Um, I I told another story on Twitter that I think is is pretty funny. I, I turned 21 in March of 2001. And at that time, there was a bar in town, which is still here and still under this name, um, a bar by the name of Duffy's. And, but it had, it had recently been named, or before that it had been named Jackson's. And, and I'm sure it had many names before that. But when my friends who were a year older than me turned 21, it was named Jackson's. And so they went to Jackson's. And then, I, you know, for my 21st, 
January 21st, we went to Northside. That's a whole other conversation. Um, but, you know, we started going to Duffy's all the time. My senior year, they had $1.25 Long Island night. Uh, good time at Duffy's. It's still called Duffy's today. My friends that are a year older than me still call it Jackson's. Whenever they come in for homecoming, I say, hey, you know, and, and we, we don't we haven't gone out to Duffy's or Jackson's in a long time. But, um, you know, the, the, the general, the name that they always identify with is Jackson's. And I always identify it as Duffy's. It's a one-year split. At some point between my 21st and their 21st, the name changed, and it will always be Duffy's to me. It will never be Jackson's. It was never Jackson's. I don't know what Jackson's is. I know what Duffy's is. And so for a lot of people, they're not going to know what the Crusaders were. They're going to know what the Beacons are. And maybe that's sad to some people. And But that's change. That's, that's just how it is. Um I said this in the article, Northside used to be the bar that everybody went to in Valpo, and now they don't. The VU crew became the Valparaiso, and it used to be filled with students who stood for games, and now they sit there and stare at their phones, or they don't come to games. The pep band used to be right behind the opposing team, and then they moved them, and now they, then they were in the center of the student section, now they're off to the right, in the dwindling numbers all the time. Phi Delta Theta used to be the football fraternity, until it wasn't. And let me tell you, homecoming is hilarious when you see the, the Fidelt alums interact with the alums of the recent graduates of the fraternity because it's like oil and water, but they, they're, they're brothers. It's, it's, things change. And, and one of the lines that I wrote is, is being on a college campus, if something happened two years in a row, it's always happened in the eyes of the people that are on that campus right now. And if something hasn't happened in two years, it never occurred in the eyes of, of, of the way that it is, you know? Um, so to me, beacons will catch on eventually, whether people are resistant to it or not, it's going to catch on. It just, it's going to, and it, 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 this is where the risk runs. And I guess though, because again, the people that help fund the university, the alums maybe feel like their voice wasn't heard. Maybe are a bit alienated. And so maybe, you know, the fact that the current students are going to embrace being a beacon, it doesn't necessarily mean that the people who are older are going to do that. But what if the basketball team makes a run to the Sweet 16 this year? And this is a question I ask Brian here in a little bit. What if the women's basketball team beats Notre Dame on their home floor this year? What if women's soccer goes back to the NCAA tournament? What if the football team wins the Pioneer Football League championship? What if, you know, any and all of these things? What if this happens and they do it as the beacons? Well, does winning cure all in this situation? Can you embrace the memories that the beacons are making just as you embrace the memories that the Crusaders made? Maybe people before that embrace the memories that the Ulans made. Marco Barbara in his 80s insight said the first conference titles or championships that were won in the 20s, there wasn't a nickname for the school back then. Does that diminish what they accomplished? Look, again, I, I know I've been preaching on for about a half hour now, but my thing is, 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 look, Valpo is the brand. That's what the school wears across their chest. They've thrown beacons out there as a nickname. And if you really think about what it's trying to say, it fits perfectly with the university's mission. It really does. Now, the logo, I can, I can get with you on that. I'm, I, I struggle to really understand how it was all put together. Um, and, and Brian's going to talk about his, his logo that he made here, which has gotten a lot of traction on social media. 
And then I'm going to ask him if anyone reached out to him from the university, and I think his answer will be pretty enlightening. I think you'll enjoy that. Um, but they're the Valpo Beacons. They're the Valparaiso Beacons. It is what it is. And these players and and these these athletes and coaches and all that are about to go start a season, start a year, uh, an academic competition where they're going to wear that name. And that's who they're going to be. And, you know, maybe there's going to be, be, be people out there who are turned off to it and are never going to support the university again. I'm never giving a dollar back to the university again. And I'm not here to tell you that that's wrong. All I'm here to tell you is we've gone through 18 months of shit with COVID or however long it's been. And God, I just want to sit down and watch a game with a hot dog and just enjoy competition with the fans and the band and the ambiance and the pageantry of college athletics and I give a damn what the nickname is of the school just want to be there to be around the people again I missed that last year I know many of you did you didn't get to go to games now they're saying that that you're going to be able to isn't that more important than all of this right isn't isn't that the thing so to me that's what I'm that's what I'm here for um and then if they win I don't think it's, it's, you know, people will embrace the beacons, I'd imagine. Or people will just, time will embrace the beacons. Just like time embraced Duffy's or time embraced any of the other stuff that's out there. Thank you for li- for listening. We got Brian Flynn coming up here. I think you're going to enjoy that. And then, uh, you know, we're going to get Luke Gore on here in a, in a couple, uh, maybe a week or so and talk about the non-conference schedule and how that was built. And, uh, you know, slowly but surely, things are getting back. We're... Uh, we got, we got sports starting up. That's awesome. So, hey, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Here's Brian. Thrilled to be joined now by Brian Flynn. And if you're a Valpo fan and the name Brian Flynn doesn't mean anything to you, it's because Brian kind of popped up out of nowhere uh, with a logo design after Valparaiso renamed itself the Beacons and came up with a new logo. And, uh, and Brian, uh, a designer out of North Carolina, which is, Brian, all I know about you from Twitter, uh, looked at the logo fresh off of a, of a redesign of the Cleveland Indians slash Guardians. Uh, you took a stab here at, uh, at the Valpo logo. Brian, first of all, thank you for joining Union Street Hoops. And I wanted to just ask, um, you know, we, can, we morph into your background a little bit eventually, but, but why Valpo? Why this logo? What was interesting to you? And, um, and kind of how did, how did this get on your radar? Well, first, Paul, thanks for having me on. Uh, definitely a pleasure to, to nerd out on some uh, sports branding. Uh, what grabbed my attention with it is, you know, coming off of, you, you mentioned the, the Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Guardians rename and rebrand. Coming off of that, it, it seems that we've entered, you know, we've entered kind of a season of some teams some, with uh, some established histories, uh, venturing into some new chapters. And so as somebody who does branding and design work for a living, uh, it's just always on my radar. Uh, and I had known that Valparaiso was going to, uh, was was looking for a new nickname. Uh, and so when I got the alert that a new name had been picked, I, I voraciously started reading all about it. Um, and uh, to put it candidly, when I, I, I saw what the, the university had shared, I, I had some opinions. Um, and instantly, my wheels started turning uh, to, to, to come up with, well, what if, uh, what if they had considered something else? 
Well, yeah, no, that's uh, that that is uh, obviously someone who pays attention to this stuff. You look at it and, and say, maybe I could do better at this. What, which is which is interesting because obviously Valpo and, and and we'll use the Guardians as an example too. My girlfriend is a uh, is a diehard Cleveland fan, and um, and and some listeners of this podcast are also diehard Cleveland fans and probably felt a certain kind of way about it, and. Um, you know, there, there's the idea of being able to look at a logo and say, that's not good. I don't like it. And there's also the ability to say, I can do better. Um, but I can tell you that while I didn't love the initial logo, I know that I can't do better. Uh, it, I'm not a graphic designer in any way, shape or form. If I tried to draw a person, it would be a stick figure. And uh, so I never graduated past kindergarten art. Um, but when you when you looked at this, was it just kind of a I guess maybe a labor of, of love. I mean, you have no connection to Valparaiso as far as I know, right? It was just kind of like, here's something to, to you know, dig your teeth into. It, it's so first, no connection to Valparaiso outside of, I, I'll say that my connection to Valparaiso goes back to, I think it was 98 uh, NCAA, uh, 13 seed. Um, <laughs> that, I, I'd say that's where the relationship started. Did you have uh, Valpo in your bracket that year? I, I, I didn't go, what is it? My go-to was always, I always pick the 15s over the twos. Uh, okay. I, I grew up, I grew up in Richmond. And, and so after, uh, after the Richmond spiders, big after win. the, after the spiders took out Syracuse, uh, and, and established that a 15 must always beat a two. Um, that's what I do with my bracket. My, my four thirteen matchups, I, I usually always go with, I usually always go with four and, and I was sorely disappointed with my picks that year. Absolutely. Um, but no, it, you know, definitely that sweet 16 run is where, uh, you know, and it, it introduced me to the school because here's the school with a curious name and you just start to want to learn more about, you know, about these, you know, uh, in that case, the Cinderella stories and getting to know uh, not just the school, but get to know the identity uh, of the team, get to know where they're from, get to know that area and, and just enjoy all of that kind of backstory. I, I'll say this with what you were talking about, Paul. I saw it and I don't, you know, I've been doing design work now for about 20 years and it was a case of not, hey, I can do something better. For me, when I'm looking at you know, when I look at opportunities, it's more of a, a, a case of maybe I, I think there's a disconnect. Maybe I'm just kind of curious of what I might come up with. And I don't really look at it as a better. Um, I just look at it as a different take. I will say in the case of the, the Valparaiso release, when they released the new name, my first thought was, well, that's kind of a curious name, Beacons. Uh, and I had heard some of the other names that they had picked. And what it caused me to do is I wanted to learn more about the, even more about the school and, and learn more about why they chose, you know, chose that new nickname. And I got to tell you, Paul, I really like came around to it. Like I really enjoyed it. I, I, I found it a, an unconventional choice, but a bold choice and inspired choice by the university. Um, you, and, you know, and, I tend to agree with you, Brian. I think, you know, and, 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 the listeners will have heard me talk about this earlier in the podcast before we get into your interview, but it was a name that even when they were down to their final eight, it was not in my top half. And, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought to myself, this is a very unique thing. The question or what I've heard from a lot of people has been great name for the school and their ideology, 
not necessarily a great athletics team name. Do you differentiate between the two? Um, I can, t I, I, that's an incredibly fair critique. Um, and, and that's where, you know, as somebody who has done, has done work uh, on the collegiate level uh, design work is that's kind of a constant that runs in there. What is the identity? Uh, of the of the larger organization, is it the is it the academic, the university, and all that goes with that, or is it the athletic program? Um, and we have seen some uh, some use cases where some schools have actually adopted the athletic branding as the university. Um, they've wanted to present a single cohesive you know brand image for for the school. Um, I actually here's my thing when it comes to beacons. I think that it can work for the athletic program but what it needs and this is leading to why i picked up a pencil and started sketching was the name is a strong choice the identity system that has been shared is i don't think it supports or does justice to the the bold choice of the name that's what actually caused me to it was about a week ago, pick up a pencil and start sketching. It was, if I was to, if I was asked, given the name Beacons, and, you know, I, I'm understanding what Val, you know, Valparaiso University and the backstory and this, that, and the other, what would I do to try to support such an unconventional choice of a name? Because really, it's, that's where the identity system has to make people believe in it. And what I saw, it left me wanting. It, it kind of, it, you know, I don't know the full story of what went into developing that program. And so that's where I want to have sensitivities to the efforts yeah. and the energies that were put to that. I haven't been involved in any creative briefings or anything like that. That said, where I'm just looking at the execution and I'm looking at it like I think a lot of alum and a lot of fans did. They weren't in those, you know, those initial meetings at either that, you know, they're just being asked to react to it. I just see there's a disconnect for me. You know, you are you have changed a name and there are some people who maybe didn't want the name changed, but you have changed a name. And if you are also then changing the logo goodness, you got to make sure that that logo is going to, you know, silence the skeptics and just really bring people in and make them, you know, here's a simple way to put it, make them just want to buy a t-shirt with a logo on it and be really excited to, you know, to be running errands and, and, and be seen in it, slap a sticker on the car, you know, buy a new uh, ball cap, that kind of thing. And the thing is, is with, with what the university released, I didn't get that feeling. Now, like we said, I'm not an alum, you know, I don't have really many connections to, to Northwest Indiana, but at the same time, you know, I can still appreciate a really sharp identity. And that's, sadly, I don't think the university has done that. So you, uh, I, I don't remember if your initial release of the logo was in a response to one of my tweets, but certainly that's where I saw it. And the, you, you gave a response to a tweet. You commented on one of my tweets and your comment got 51 retweets and 158 likes, I think it was, which while those numbers aren't massive at the same time for a unknown, and, and I, I'm not trying to say that you're an unknown, but in this world, you know, um, in, in, in people who follow Valpo and everything like that, you commented in that, comment went big. I mean, in terms of just getting, I mean, most of the time when someone comments, like 
three people might like it or something like that. Then obviously on your own page, you, you release kind of uh, your thought and then some sketches and whatnot. Um, and it's really universally been loved by the Valpo fans, right? Um, mm -hmm. Now, again, and I think it's a great logo. That's why I'm having you on. I also wonder if, you know, the idea of the first one through the wall always gets the bloody nose and the second one gets to reap the benefits a little bit. And, and I often wonder in design cases, you know, like the first, the first iteration of something, do people scoff at that and then embrace the next one? Um, all that being said, how, I guess, kind of cool for you, right? To see the, everyone kind of universally praising this. Was that a, was that cool? Did you pay attention to that? Anything like that? Oh, absolutely. And I would, I would attribute goodness. I think a good bit of that response should be attributed to your following. People definitely are, are liking what you're writing. So I, I will, I will gladly hang out in the shadow of that. <laughs> um, but you know, I, there, there is merit to what you're saying there. Here's the other thing that I'd throw out at you though, is look at how, you know, look at how the university presented it, how they unveiled it. Now it was a really handsome video. That the, that the university put together to, you know, to, to share it with the public. And that was great. But, it, you know, there's been kind of what, a, a slow trickle of here's some other logos that we're doing and go to the website to read about it. And, and there wasn't, I'm not saying that there needs to be fanfare and parades, but at the same time, if, you know, they, from my understanding, there wasn't a transparent public process of inviting, say, season ticket, you know, ticket holders uh, and alum and whatnot to participate in, in the rebranding. Um, it just kind of was, here we are, this is what we're doing. Um, and it, I'd say that the, the one thing that I probably did that resonated with folks, I made it look like a, a half court logo. You know, think about this for a second. You, they took, you know, what the university did is they put this new identity that they put a lot of energy into and they made um, some humble images. They did a nice video and then they just posted it online and they didn't put it in any context. You know, the, the closest I've seen of the new logo, because I have followed it, you know, in, in the last week uh, of that new logo in context, I believe it was the women's soccer team was sporting some new some new shirts. I don't know if it was for practice or something like that, but that was the first time that I saw, you know, the new logo in like an actual context in somebody's hands. Um, what's important when, you know, when I'm doing branding work is to take that logo and I have to take it to where people are gonna interact with it because people need to see it in their own environment and to better appreciate what it could possibly do. If I had just put my sketch up on a simple white background, maybe it would have gotten a response, but it, you're just getting excited about a picture of a logo. What's more exciting is you see this possible logo that's kind of interesting and whoa, could that be a new court design? And how might it look on, hey, how might it look on the football helmets? And if I wanted a t-shirt, what would it look like? You know, it, it's, that's what's important with branding, especially it's the, the presentation of it, the communication of it. And whoever, whoever is introducing it, you've got to do the legwork to help, you know, help your audience connect with it and imagine what it could be. And the university, I, I don't know if they really did that. I, I don't know if the university thought we put together this really nice video and that's sufficient. 
Um, yeah. I wanted to ask this and I'm sure that I think I know the answer, but you know, maybe not. Um, obviously a lot of people have tweeted out, we need a petition to make this be the logo Valpo university. You need to reach out to this guy immediately. Um, with the exception of the lowly podcast host here, have you heard from anybody from Valparaiso at all? I haven't. I haven't. And, and you know, I wouldn't. Ex I, I actually wouldn't expect to. And, and and here's the reason why. First, I think the university needs to. The university put in a lot of work on what they released. Now we can, you know, disagree if whether it's a it's a you know we feel good about the identity. You know, we like it. We're we're itching to you know to buy some gear with it on the university put in a lot of work into it and I would respect the fact that they stand behind it hundred percent. You know, it, it's something that's, you know, again, as somebody who works in design that can be infuriating is working with a, a client for six, eight, 12 months to develop, say a new identity and we release it. And there's a whole lot of skepticism and criticism in the first two weeks that it's public and suddenly they backtrack. And it's like, wait a minute, we believed in this, you know, while we were designing it, what happened? You know, what's going on here? So I, I wouldn't expect the university to necessarily backtrack. Um, the other thing, and this is where for at first incredibly flattered by all the positive response, I'm sitting here going, uh, you know, basically I, I'm not going through committees. I'm not going through legal searches or anything like that. I'm just going off of what feels right to me. And I'm trying to bring that in, you know, I'm bringing that into the world. So who's to say that once it has to clear, you know, those hurdles that go along with branding, it would be exactly like how it was initially designed. So that's where I enjoy the luxury actually of coming up with concept work like this, that's truly concept work that doesn't have to get beat up, uh, you know, beat up by those processes. Well, again, I, I, it, was, uh, it was fun to, to see this logo show up. Um, talk to me about Cleveland a little bit, because that is obviously the, the thing that you, you did right before this. And uh, for those that don't know, the Cleveland Indians have uh, changed their name they, to, the, to the Guardians. The Guardians, actually, uh, it, it's quite a, a cool name, in my opinion, based on there is a bridge. Um, in Cleveland that has these uh, things called the guardians of traffic, these giant stone structures. And while I was really hoping that they would go with the Cleveland spiders, which I know as a Richmond guy, you might've liked that as well. Um, or uh, my girlfriend was a big fan of the spiders or Cleveland rocks, which, you know, just the song and, and that could have been fun. They went with the guardians, which I actually think is pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. You, uh, you dove into that right before you did the Valpo one. And, and, uh, I saw recently in your, your Twitter feed that I think you got some hats made up, uh, a very limited supply of them, which could, could go for thousands of dollars, maybe. I don't know. Um, again, with same, with same thing, you're just interested to kind of dive in and take a crack at it? Yeah. And so uh, the, the little bit of background on me is by day I do, I do design work. I work for a company here in North Carolina called Wildfire and I've been working, uh, you know, it's, it's my day job, but as somebody who, you know, went to school for art does, you know, does design for a living. Um, it's also what I do on the side. It's just, it's, you know, my brain's kind of constantly looking out for it and, and just coming up with just, I, I guess, I'm calling them sidetracks. It's not really enough to be a project, but it's also a little bit more than just a sketch. And it's, you know, just something, it's kind of a sidetrack on the thing just to, hey, wonder what if, and, and wouldn't this be cool? Um, 
So you're right. Right before you know, I, I dove into the Valparaiso thing. I, I did with Cleveland. They announced. I kind of I'm tracking with you with regards to the name. I thought, no, that's pretty cool for people who thought this. Nobody. It doesn't make sense to have a major league team called the Guardians. I would say we've got a, a league that has Orioles and Mariners and Yankees and, and and Metropolitans and at one point Expos. So I can buy Guardians. Um, for me, it was kind of a similar thing though, similar to Valparaiso in that I, I'm seeing a disconnect here. Um, you know, I'm seeing what they've released. I'm seeing that you have a very passionate fan base for a name and not you're changing a name. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't know how far back Crusaders went for Valparaiso, but Cleveland used Indians for over a hundred years. And so they come in and they're saying, we're going to change the name. And not only are they going to change the name, they completely changed the logo. They changed the whole identity. and what frustrated me with that was, okay, I, res I respect the name change. I found it necessary, but you've got these fans. This, this is the identity they know, and you've just shelved it. And for me, when it comes to doing this kind of work, you have to be mindful of limiting detachment. You know, you've got a fan. I understand the people in Cleveland that were saying, I don't recognize my team anymore. Now, that could be, you know, some people are saying that because of the Dolan's decisions with trades and whatnot. But I digress on that. It's where here's the new name, here's the new look, and but here's all this history and I expect you to go along with it. I had challenges with that. Um, and so, yes, on that project, I saw an opportunity to use some of what uh, some of what the the new branding used. I thought the script for Guardians was great. Uh, the new cap logo I thought was a little lacking. Um, the flying G baseball sandwich, I, I I'm just not going to get on board with that. I think it's great for the kids, but I I don't know. I, I'm I wouldn't be buying a ball cap with that on it. And so I saw an opportunity with that project use some of what the organization already has, embrace some of the new, uh, and then perhaps, uh, I think you'll see it on the cap logo that I posted, do away with the wing to G, but do something really cool with the C for the cap. I think I, I was trying to, to go through my brain of teams that have changed names and then found success uh, on the field of play, regardless of what sport. And I'm, I'm struggling to kind of come up with any, because most of them have been like, you know, the Cleveland Browns moved to Baltimore, became the Baltimore Ravens, and then the Ravens mm -hmm. win the Super Bowl. The Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee, become the Tennessee Titans, and they become one yard short of winning a Super Bowl. Um, mm -hmm. The Seattle Sonics moved to Oklahoma, and they, they get to the finals, and, and, uh, and so on and so forth. I'm wondering, Brian, your thoughts on, uh, and, and obviously the Indians slash Guardians are, uh, as you alluded to, they've made some trades. They are not... Um, kind of the, the, the juggernaut of the American League Central like they were a couple of years ago. Uh, but let's say for hypothetically next year, they'd make the name change and, you know, that Jose Ramirez gets the triple crown and they win the World Series. Um, or Valpo with the, with the name the Beacons this year and they've got a pretty loaded basketball team with a bunch of Big Ten transfers. If they made a Sweet 16 run, does winning cure all in this? And I, and I ask that because I think of Marquette. They'd won the national championship in 1977 as the Warriors. 
And then there was a big fight about their name. And then Dwayne Wade takes them to the final four in 2003. And all of a sudden golden Eagles is great. Everybody loves mm-hmm. it. It's, you know, it's, it's funny bringing this up. I heard this exact same conversation. It was um, hopping, you know, hopping sports leagues over to major league soccer. Uh, the New England Revolution are, it looks like they're going to be changing their logo. They are going to be retiring their 25 year old crayon flag. Um, so it's definitely a, a hot topic in, in sports design circles. Um, where I believe, I don't know if it was the president, you know, somebody in operations was saying, you know what, it, the new logo, it could be great, but if we don't win an MLS cup, so what? And, and what folks are going to remember, what fans are going to remember is that's the, you know, that's the logo or that's the, the, the kit that we were wearing when we didn't win, you know, a championship. Winning a championship definitely helps. You know, winning a title definitely helps. Here's what's, you know, here's what helps with it is uh, you have to, a team has to achieve moments to create connections between the fans and that team. And then that's what we celebrate. When these teams change their names or change their logos, again, it comes back to there's a detachment, there's a disconnect that potentially happens. So if you change up your name and change up your logo, and then you don't give a reason for the fans to buy tickets or to pay attention, then it's a failed rebrand. Winning a title definitely helps. Look at what the Patriots did. You know, the Patriots retired, uh, what, whatever he was, Pat, the, you know, uh, the, you know, the Patriot they had on the side for the flying Elvis logo, and they've got six titles. Is it six? I, I, yeah, I they've, got, they've got a lot. I, I they've, don't got a, they've got a lot. So as a Green Bay Packer fan, I, I cringe when I think about how how well Brady has done, especially this past year, although it was with Tampa Bay. Exactly. We could look at, you know, we could look at the new helmet logo that was developed and, and shoot, I even remember the, the uniforms at the time and go, eh, are, are they really all that great? But when you see that identity with a, a, a handful of Super Bowl rings, that's a pretty handsome logo. You know, let's put it another way. When, what is it? When the ring makers are figuring out what gemstones match the logo to stick on the side of the title ring. Yeah, people, people come around on the logo. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think if you can put, uh, you know, four diamonds in the middle of the lighthouse, I think people will be just okay with, uh, with that. And again, it, it's funny, kind of wrapping up here. I, you know, I'm, I'm from Milwaukee originally and, and the Milwaukee Bucks, have gone through numerous logo changes, alterations over the years. They they had the, uh, the deer, and then they went to uh, this kind of purple and green thing that they did, and then they yep. they threw the color red in there for a while, and then they kind of settled on this blue and cream look with a little bit of green in it that they have. And and all the while, people were just kind of like, okay, fine, rebrand for rebrand's sake. And then they win the title. And I was just in Las Vegas this past week and I saw more Milwaukee Bucks gear than I've ever seen outside the city of Milwaukee. It was everywhere. And again, Mm -hmm. winning. And and I happen to think that their logo now and their look is pretty sharp and that plays a role in it. But I do think winning cures all. And uh, if Valpo were to win or Cleveland were to win or whatever, maybe uh, all of a sudden you kind of embrace that. The, a rebrand, a rebrand is in, or a redesign is incredibly effective. And in, you know, usually you see the see them come around 
when, uh, you know, it, I know that, you know, for Valparaiso, there was you know, some concerns about connotations with the name. Uh, the same thing was happening with Cleveland baseball. Uh, but more often than not, you, you know, you see these redesigns when, say, there, there is a stagnation, possibly, you know, it, it's, you don't hear about redesigns when titles are being won. Although, uh, as a, a, in hockey, as a Penguins fan, you know, where all of a sudden they switch from the skating penguin to, to robo penguin, you know, for after the 92 cup, you know, I was a fan sitting here, like, why do we need this? Um, but usually it's, we're wanting to create a little bit of energy. We're wanting to create a little bit of buzz uh, for our fans to feel engaged. You know, if we're hanging out at 500, you know, a 500 or a losing record for too long, you know, we got to give them a reason to want to buy a jersey, buy a hat, you know, come to, you know, just something to talk about. Um, I, I'll say this, a rebrand or a redesign does not win you titles. That's definitely the, the, the team, you know, the players that are, are, are taking the field. Um, but where it can help if done well is people will want to identify it. People will want to wear it. And so perhaps while you're building towards a title run, you have fans, you have alum who are proud to wear your colors, to wear your mark and to get it out there, uh, you know, for a larger audience to see. And to bring this back to, you know, the top of our discussion, that's where, you know, perhaps the reaction that you were talking about with what I put out there is people could, you know, fans of Valpo could see them sporting a new t-shirt or buying a hat with that on it uh, or slapping that sticker on the back of their car. And they're not believing in what the university had shared. Um, and, and that's, that's disappointing, you know, that's disappointing to see because I know that is counter to what the university is wanting to achieve. Um, I, I gotta believe that, so. Final question for you, off topic, but I know at least the Valpo associate head coach of, of the men's basketball team, Luke Gore is a big fan. Uh, Brian, if you can take a crack at the Washington football team, what, what would you do if you were in the front office of that organization right now? Oh my gosh, I have, I am in the, I'm actually one of the people, if you can believe this, in the unpopular camp of, I have come around to the campiness of Washington football team. Excellent. There is something, I got to tell you, there is something, as somebody who used to live in Northern Virginia, there is something so fantastically pretentious and Dan Snyder about, we are the Washington football team and them actually getting away with that. I like, love it. I absolutely I, love it. For some reason, every other name that I hear, and I know that they released some some finalists, and, and that's where it's kind of, what is it, commanders and defenders and things like that. It, it's kind of, I've got a little bit of the skepticism where it's like, okay, I need to be patient and give this time, and maybe I'd come around to it. But for whatever reason, the Washington football team, yeah, let's do it. Let's, I mean, you want to get under the <laughs> Dallas fans' skin, that they have to refer to the Washington football team. This is great. This is fantastic. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with just staying the Washington football team as kind of a, like a silent or yet opposite of silence F you to everybody involved in this whole process. Right. Uh, um, yeah. They keep, yeah. I, I was going to say, if anything, I would say they could consider a, a, a nickname as DC football or something like that, because I will say it does drive me a little nuts when I'm checking NFL scores uh, on Twitter and it says football team at Eagles. 
And it's like, what? That? That's where that's where the, the the genius plan starts to fall apart. Um, but yes, I kind of like that. It's you know, it, it's it's hard to imagine the football team with a different name. It to me, I am one of those folks in the camp that it need the nickname needs to be replaced. Um, but at the same time, it just works. I mean, just it's just Washington. It just works. Brian, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Great talking to you. Um, you know, I obviously uh, I will continue following your work and seeing uh, what the next team is that you take a crack at. But I really appreciated this and, and very, very grateful that you would take time to talk with me today. Paul, thanks again for having me on. It was a pleasure.